Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So on today's episode, I wanted to dive deep into the topic of how us women and femmes can sometimes perpetuate the patriarchy and misogyny in ways that we may not be totally conscious of. So let's get right into it. So as our society moves forward and continues to transform and grow in different ways and how feminism continues to transform and grow, I think we are in a space where women and men are finally feeling more comfortable calling out harmful and problematic behaviors that feeds into the patriarchy and is misogynistic. And I think it's really, really beautiful that women have finally fought and clawed their way to create a space in which we feel more comfortable and confident to call out harmful behaviors that are misogynistic and does disempower us and disempowers women in general. And I think we are in a time as well where men are feeling more comfortable and more called to become allies to women in the feminist movement when it comes to holding each other accountable and holding other men accountable and you know truly supporting their woman ally. But on the same token, I feel like a lot of the times women are reluctant to be self-aware and to hold themselves accountable and hold each other accountable to ways that we may also perpetuate misogyny and feed into the patriarchy. And, you know, this all makes sense. It really does make sense because I think it's a very fine line to be dancing on with like the nuances of supporting the femme and the woman and also holding them accountable. I think sometimes when you hold someone accountable and call someone out, it can seem like you're not a supportive person. And I think a lot of it has to do with the circumstances and the way you deliver the way you would want to hold someone accountable. I think criticism and constructive criticism is just a touchy subject in general. And I think because we don't because we're not able to openly hold each other accountable and give constructive criticism, it feeds into that stigma of not knowing how to navigate that and to be very uncomfortable on both sides of constructive criticism, giving it and receiving it. When in reality, I think constructive criticism is so important to humankind's growth and your own personal growth and transformation. I think if you don't have people in your life that can give you constructive criticism and constructive feedback and hold you accountable, that's not good. Like you're in danger of just remaining the same person throughout the, your whole life, you know? And that's not the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to continually grow and transform as a person. You should be able to look back on yourself a year from now or five years from now and f be able to see a lot of change that has happened within you. And I feel like there's so many people out there who are scared of change. And because of that, they surround themselves with people who just blindly support them and blindly loves them to an extent of not holding them accountable and 
giving them that feedback that is so important to growing as a person. So I think this is, you know, this is a big reason why I started this podcast because the thought spot, you know, this is a space where people can come and to just freely and safely listen, think, process, and figure out what what it means to them to have done or have partaken in certain ideologies or ways of living and to just reflect on what that means to us so that we could continually apply what it is we learn on these episodes to our lives moving forward and continually figure out what it means to us to consciously live our lives and to not just fall into unconscious living, doing things out of habit or because it's comfortable or because we're used to it because that is the last thing I would want to do and the last thing I would want any of you to do is to just perpetuate old paradigms that were taught to us and that we are now comfortable with and for a lot of us is not healthy for us. So yeah, come have this conversation with me and let's let's respect each other. Let's hold space for each other in this moment and let's reflect together. So what got me thinking about this topic and why I wanted to speak on it was I was getting ready this morning and putting on makeup. Now, I love makeup. I used to be an avid makeup wearer. I had a drawer full of lipsticks alone. And not to mention all the foundation I had, concealers, highlighters. I used to collect makeup. I used to be that person that would wear a full face beat of makeup every single day, no matter what occasion I was in, whether I was going to school, whether I was going to work, whether I was chilling at home, I would always just do a full face of makeup, you know, contour, highlight, smoky eye, eyeliner, mascara, false lashes. I used to put the setting spray, the primer, everything. And I used to spend like an hour and a half to do my makeup, do my hair, and also put together an outfit that I was happy with. And when I was doing this at the time, I genuinely felt like this was my way of empowering myself. It felt very, very empowering. I used to tell people that when I am putting my makeup on, it's my time to just decompress and to connect to myself and When I was finished doing my makeup, I felt like I had put on this shield and I was ready to go out and fight, like putting on that armor, you know? And I was that person that even though I had a 4 a.m. shift to go open a coffee shop, I would wake up at 2 a.m. in order to spend two hours to get ready, do a full face beat of makeup, and to put on a really nice, pretty outfit, and show up to open that coffee shop. I was that person. And I remember throughout my life, in my teens and early 20s, people would sometimes tell, they would sometimes make comments to me like, for example, 
when I would show up to my opening shifts as a barista, normal people would kind of show up in comfortable clothes because it's so early in the morning or straight up sweats. And that is normal, right? Um, and it makes sense in the context of you being extremely tired. But for me, I was never, ever caught without makeup, without a nice outfit on. And I prided myself in that. I felt like I was the type of person that always needed to feel like I was presentable. And it wasn't necessarily for other people. And we'll get into that again. This is my mindset at the time. It wasn't for other people. It was for myself. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel good about what I looked like, how I presented myself. And it was also a way for me to feel like I was in control, which is also a feeling of empowerment, right? It's not empowering to feel like you're losing control over something. It feels empowering to be able to take control of a situation and to make sure that you look presentable and feel presentable and therefore you just overall feel good about yourself and therefore you feel good about your day and you feel good when you talk to other people and you're just doing your own thing and so that was my philosophy in my late teens and early 20s and the big shift happened when COVID hit and there was the lockdown and quarantine, which we're still kind of in. But when we were at the peak of COVID and we were all quarantined, I was spending every single day at home and I didn't have to go out and see people. I didn't have to go show up for a job. I was just spending my time home on my own, doing my own thing, which I love to do, right? And so something interesting started to happen. The first few months of quarantine and finding my new routine at home, I would still wake up and put on a full face of makeup every single day, you know, false lashes, eyeliner, eyeshadow, foundation, concealer, everything. I would curl my hair, I would put on an outfit, and I would just do that and then just chill at home, genuinely chilling at home, doing my own thing. And as time passed, I started to realize that this whole process of getting ready was not fun anymore because the outcome wasn't the same. The feeling I got from it wasn't the same anymore. So therefore, the effort it took to get ready to that extent didn't feel comforting anymore. It felt like a burden. And so I started to wake up day by day. And when I became conscious of the fact that getting ready didn't feel the same way anymore, what started to happen was when I started to wake up and start my day, I would start to reconsider the whole process of getting ready. And I would think to myself, do I wanna get ready? And I started to answer those questions with no. Like I would be totally fine today if I were to just wear light concealer and mascara and not feel the need to put on the falsies and the foundation and the setting powder, all that stuff. And so what began to happen was I started to really lessen my makeup 
routine. I started to, you know, just wear my natural face. And I began to feel not only more comfortable, but also more comfortable with my natural bare face and feeling as if I was confident and beautiful in that. And so I really just fed into what felt right at the time, which was not putting on as much makeup and just doing like a natural face. Granted, I'm not the type of person to just completely go barefaced all the time and feel completely comfortable in that. I naturally like to just put on a light, you know, concealer, bronzer, and um, and mascara. And that's just my comfort level. I And I feel confident in that. And I feel comfortable doing that amount of makeup every single day. And as well, a big factor was my partner had also moved in with me when quarantine and COVID hit because we thought it would be more convenient to be quarantined together and safer that way. And so we began living together and I was the type of girl that if I ever spent the night with a romantic partner, I would be wearing that full face bead of makeup throughout the whole time, even when we're about to lay our heads on the pillow at night and fall asleep and wake up the next morning. I would go to sleep with that face of makeup, the falsies and everything. And I didn't feel comfortable with my romantic partners seeing my bare face. And I was the type of person that would either go to the bathroom and redo the makeup to have a fresh face of makeup or I would wait till I got home to take off the makeup that was greased onto my face for like two days or more sometimes. I was that person and I felt like I was in so much denial about it because I wanted to believe that that was empowering to me to wear that much makeup and to feel beautiful with that much makeup. And I'm not saying makeup is bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear makeup. Obviously, I like makeup. But the key here is, is do you feel beautiful with or without makeup? Or do you only feel beautiful with makeup on? For me at the time and for many years, in my early 20s, I only felt beautiful with makeup on and I refused to let anyone see me without makeup. That includes coworkers, friends, um, romantic partners, or even family members, to be honest. I felt like the only time I could be truly confident and feel powerful was when I wore makeup. And this is another nuance here. It was okay for me to not wear makeup. It was okay for me to be barefaced. I could look at myself in the mirror barefaced and be okay with it. But the key is, is that I didn't feel powerful or confident without that full face of makeup. And that's the key, right? Because I could go out with a bare face and be fine with it, but I wasn't gonna be confident or I wasn't going to be able to carry myself with that confidence that I would like to if I had that bare face. And that is 
the difference between using makeup as a form of empowerment and as a form of expression and relying on it as the only means of empowerment and the only sense of empowerment that you feel as a woman or as a femme or as any person wearing makeup. So now there's that question of how does this specific mindset and way of doing things feed into the patriarchy and misogyny? Well, the simple answer is that the root of the reason why I felt more comfortable with makeup on and the reason why I put so much effort into always making sure I was presentable when I would be out and about or going to hang out with someone, going to work, going to a family event is the simple fact that I feel like I would be taken more seriously, I would be listened to, I would be valued more as a person if I looked good, if I looked presentable. And that feeds into the patriarchy. That is misogynistic because the truth of the matter is a woman should be valued regardless of how desirable she looks to someone else. And that is the deeper meaning behind why a lot of women feel the need to make ourselves look a certain way is because we inherently feel like we won't be valued as much as a person and as a human being if we didn't look desirable to another person. You know, even if it's a boss or coworkers or a romantic partner or friends. And you can even be in situations where you are not attracted to the person and you don't want them to be attracted to you either, but you want to look attractive in order to feel valued. Does that make sense? And that's the freaking effed up thing about this whole thing is it could be completely platonic and looking desirable isn't a matter of trying to attract someone anymore. It's about wanting to be heard. It's about wanting to be valued. And it's about wanting to make sure that you have a place in society. You're going to be seen and yeah. And so reflecting back on other ways I fed into this misogynistic way of being is I used to be very promiscuous with the way I dressed. I used to feel this intense need to show my body and I can trace this deep need back to high school. So I remember when I was like 16 or 17 years old, I had made this shift of being a tomboy and then making that shift to start to hypersexualize myself, right? And so I started to wear dresses, crop tops, short shorts, all these outfits that were extremely revealing because I felt empowered. So that's that's what the layer of reasoning women kind of stay at. We stay at this point where we do it because we feel empowered to do so. And that is completely valid because it does feel empowering to feel attractive, to look attractive, right? But underneath that layer of empowerment, and this is the reason that perpetuates why we do these things, 
is you feel like you would be more valued if you were to be desirable to someone. And so now you're attaining all of these things that you are working to attain. Someone's attention, someone's respect, someone's affection. And so all of these things validate you as a person, your existence, and as a woman, as a femme. It makes you feel good about yourself. It makes you feel seen. It makes you feel like you're going to be looked after. It makes you feel like you have a place, right? But ask yourself this question. If you are able to feel all those things and have all those needs met without needing to look desirable, to someone else or be desirable to someone else would you still want to wear all that makeup would you still want to show your body off to the world genuinely think about that and i think a lot of you will be surprised with that answer because when i asked myself that question in 2020 Would I still wear the things I wore? Would I still put on that makeup? Would I still do my hair this way? If I were to be valued equally. And the the answer for me was no, you know? And I had to start to ask myself, who am I outside of this perception of empowerment that I had fed into and built up for so many years as a young adult woman? And going back to me starting to hypersexualize myself in high school, I remember that when I started to put a little bit more effort into how I looked, I would be treated differently. All of a sudden, boys would care about what I had to say. All of a sudden, boys wanted to be friends with me, friends with me. All of a sudden, People respected me more. All of a sudden, people listened to me and wanted to give me more attention. And that validated me as a young teenage girl, right? And I remember going on a service trip to the Dominican Republic. This service trip was where I could teach people there how to speak English and also build schools in villages And in this program, there was only 20 kids that were able to get in. You had to like send in an application as to why you would be a good candidate for this service trip. And so I had gotten in amongst other kids. And throughout the service trip, I had packed all of these revealing outfits because I felt beautiful in them. I felt desirable in them. I felt empowered in these outfits. And I felt good about myself. But I remember as we would get ready in the morning and go out to get our day started, the teachers would stop me and they would say, you know, Irene, you need a change because the outfit you're wearing is not appropriate. And at the time, as a teenager, I was extremely rebellious. I did not like authority. I was always questioning authority. And I feel like a lot of the times authority was using their place of power to disempower children and teenagers. And I was put in many positions where I was extremely disempowered by many authority figures in my life, 
teachers in my life. So I hated teachers, right? And so this teacher would always pull me aside and say, you need to change. You're wearing an extremely revealing top and a skirt and we're going to go see the mayor of this town and it's not appropriate. And I genuinely felt like at the time I could not understand what was wrong with my outfit. And I felt upset that I had to change and to listen to this person. And this would happen in many occasions in my life. I would wear an outfit that I felt confident in and I would be ready to go do something whether it was on a date or going to work or going to a family event. And there would be people that would call me out and say, you know, this outfit isn't appropriate for this occasion. Let's get into the nuances of that, okay? So first of all, there's the whole argument of women should wear what they want because our bodies should not be sexualized and we should be able to have the power to make our own decisions and do what we want and not have to feel like we are responsible for other people thinking or doing certain things based off of our decisions, right? This goes into our culture and our apologists. They'll say things like, well, if you didn't wear that, then he wouldn't have done that to you. Or if you didn't do that, he wouldn't have done that to you. So yes, that is very problematic, right? Women should do and and wear and present themselves however they want. And that is never an excuse to sexualize them or to disempower them. But on the same note, on the other side of it, as the woman or as the girl who is wearing revealing outfits or putting yourself out there in a way to be desirable whether that's for other people or whether that's for yourself to feel empowered, ask yourselves why you're doing that. Reflect on that. Genuinely reflect on your answer. Because although being sexually harassed or assaulted is not okay ever under any circumstance, outside of that, only reflecting on you and why you do things. Why do you do it? Do you do it because you want to be respected and seen as a person? If you want to be respected and seen, do you genuinely believe you can attain that same validation if you were to cover up your body and to not wear any makeup? Reflect on that. Because the sad truth is, and I believe society shouldn't be this way, But the sad truth is, is women, they are not treated the same unless they are desirable in some way. Whether that is how you look, whether that's your weight, how much makeup you wear, how revealing you are with your body, how desirable your body looks, you know. Women are listened to more. They're given more attention and validation depending on how desirable they are. So I want to ask you guys this. Who are you outside of these old paradigms that we have and that we may still perpetuate to this day? What does empowerment mean to you as a woman or as a femme? What does it mean to you? 
And will you still feel empowered if you didn't partake in the things or activities that you are used to partaking in in order to feel empowered? Because although I think all women should feel empowered and have the right to feel empowered, I also think this whole concept of making ourselves desirable or hypersexualizing ourselves in the name of empowerment is not as feminist as we think it is. And I think that's a very hard truth for a lot of women to hear. And it's okay. It's really hard to accept. But I think we need to start talking about it. Because hypersexualization, sexualizing ourselves in order to feel empowered is not empowerment if we can't feel empowered without sexualizing ourselves and being desirable enough for someone. That is not true empowerment. That is actually perpetuating the disempowerment of women and misogyny and patriarchy. And I think that's a really hard truth that we need to start talking about and reflecting on. I think for the past few years, women have shifted into this era of taking back control of our sexuality and feeling confident and comfortable with sexualizing ourselves in order to feel empowered. And I think that's a great shift. That's a great shift from where we were at, right? But I think we're also moving into a day and age where we can start to question that mentality and to shift further forward and upward into another form of empowerment where women can start to figure out what it means for us to feel empowered and to feel like we are valid and our existence is valid and we are able to be seen and respected and valued outside of how desirable we look to someone. We should be able to show up to work or a date or a family event or to a friend hangout in in an outfit that is not feminine or sexual whatsoever, but it's just empowering in the simple fact that we like that outfit and it's an expression of our soul and our who we are inside, you know? If someone wants to wear a huge t-shirt and baggy jeans or baggy sweats and a beanie, you know, we should feel empowered in that. If we want to wear a blazer and pants, we should feel empowered in that. If we want to wear a dress, we should feel empowered in that. We shouldn't have to feel empowered showing our boobs, showing our butt, showing all any sort of sexual body part in order to feel like we have to be valued or seen. We should have the freedom to show up without makeup, without our hair done, and still be equally respected and valued. And within romantic partnerships, we should feel just as loved, just as nurtured, just as respected. Our partners should want to show up for us regardless of how desirable we look to them. And whether we want to wear that revealing outfit or not, whether we want to put on a full face of makeup or not, it should be our decision, truly our decision, because we know that we're going to be respected regardless and get our needs met regardless. 
So we genuinely are partaking in that because we want to, because there's multiple forms of empowerment at this point, right? Not just one, which is at this point desirability. I think the next goal for feminism and women empowerment is to begin finding different ways of empowerment for ourselves. And I think to get to that point, we need to start questioning the forms of empowerment we have been partaking in for so long and whether or not that is actually empowerment. Question whether or not that's actually holding us back from true women empowerment. It could very much well be empowering and feminist in many ways, but it could also be feeding into misogyny and disempowerment of women. There, there's a possibility for that nuance to be there. You know, I can't help but to reflect on all the different ways a woman's worth is perpetuated in different cultures, different groups of people, different environments. You know, within the East Asian community, from my experience, having super white skin, having long, dark hair, being skinny, these are all traits that feed into your value as a person. And whether or not you have anything to contribute to society or to your personal relationships, that has to do with your morals or your heart or your talent, doesn't matter if you do not first look good. And that is the messed up thing about it, is none of those things matter unless you look good. None of those things are seen unless you look good first. And you can be completely a crappy person, have no talent, have no purpose or, yeah, have no purpose as a person. But as long as you look good, all of a sudden society just respects you more. All of a sudden your family is more willing to accept you and to value you. It shouldn't be like that. And I'm sure this goes for many other ethnic groups as well. You, I think every ethnic group has their own beauty standards in which women are disempowered. And it's not true empowerment. It's not true feminism if it is still perpetuating disempowerment of yourself and other women out there. Because what happens to women who cannot fit into these these beauty standards as easily? Are they just going to live their lives not valued, not seen, not respected? Not desirable? Just because they don't look a certain way? Feminism should mean all women should feel empowered regardless of how they look. They should just be respected regardless of how they look. It's not true feminism if it's still disempowering other women out there. It's not feminism if these philosophies are still being used to disempower women out there. Yes, it could feel empowering. Yes, it could feel like a form of empowerment. But is that a true form of empowerment? Or are you just more easily feeding into misogyny and patriarchy in order to feel seen, heard, and respected? So I really want to challenge you guys who are listening to this. I want to challenge my female listeners 
my femmes, I want to challenge you to start questioning these old paradigms. I want to challenge you guys to start questioning what you do to feel empowered and why do you do it. And I really want to challenge you guys to start reflecting on whether or not that is true empowerment. Ask yourself, would I still feel valued as a person? Will I still feel seen if I didn't feed into these forms of empowerment? And I just really want to end this with, you have the power, right? You have the power to start challenging these old paradigms. If you are used to hypersexualizing yourself or presenting yourself physically in a certain way or whatever it is to empower yourself, I challenge you to do something else, something you genuinely want to do, regardless of how someone else is going to react. Ask yourselves, what do I want to wear outside of showing my body? What do I want to look like? What do I want to present myself as? What do I want to do? Because it feels good to me. I want to express myself freely, regardless of how it's going to be received by someone else. If you want to shave your hair off, if you want to wear a bunch of clothes that completely covers you up, if all you want to wear is pantsuits and blazers, if you just never want to wear makeup again, if you want to grow your body hair out, if you want to just be happy and gain that weight that you've been putting off and keeping off for so long. What makes you happy as a person? And does that happiness empower you or disempower you? And why? Because if you were to gain that 20 to 60 pounds, but you're genuinely happy doing that, why do you feel bad about it? Why do you feel disempowered from it? Is it fat phobia? Are you keeping that weight off? Are you being healthy? Are you working out because it makes you feel good and you genuinely want to do it and it's good for your mental health? Or are you doing it for the sake of being more desirable? So you're, you're better received. I challenge you to genuinely ask yourselves, what would make you happy? Don't ask yourselves what you can do to be more valued. Because that thought in and of itself kind of perpetuates misogyny, right? I challenge my, my female listeners out there, my femmes, my, my women, my girls. What makes you happy? And if there's something that makes you happy, you should feel empowered to do it. And doing what makes you happy should always, always feel empowering. I think the more we can be authentic to ourselves and our happiness, the more we can continue to grow what it means to be feminist, the more we can transform what feminism means to ourselves and to the future generation of girls out there, the future generation of women out there. We don't have to feed into these old paradigms anymore, especially if it actually disempowers us in many ways. You have the power 
to do what you want to feel happy. And you have every right to do that. So with that being said, thank you for being open to this conversation. I know it could be very hard to hear some of the things I talk about. I know it could be hard to reflect and realize the ways we may have fed into misogyny or harmful ideologies in the past or currently. But I think it's very necessary to have that self-awareness. I think it's necessary to have these conversations. And I'm willing to hold space for myself during these reflections for myself. I'm willing to hold space for you guys during that reflection as well. I respect everyone's journey. I respect everyone's healing journey and their growth and their transformation journey. And if you as a person is transforming and your old ways of doing things is not supporting who you want to be and who you want to become, I really, really encourage you to let go of how you used to do things. I encourage you to let go of people or situations that really just don't support you anymore to support the person you want to become. If you want to be valued and seen and respected for who you really are, I encourage you to pursue who you really are and put that out there. Authentically live your life. Let go of those people and those ideologies that keep you in those old paradigms of being someone that you really aren't and don't want to be anymore. Let those things go. Let those people go. Be authentic to yourself. Honor yourself. And you will begin to attract those who will honor you for who you are. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to me. Thank you guys for being open. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. We are all just trying our best to live our lives authentically to ourselves, to heal, to grow. And that's all we can really ask for. So thank you for sharing your energy with me and receiving my energy. Thank you guys for doing the work you need to do for yourself and being that change that you need in your life and perhaps other people's lives as well. And till next time, bye guys. Bye guys.